0: Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work. If you're new to the show, welcome. The show notes have links mentioned during this episode. And at the end of the episode, although I often share a track of my original music, today is very special and a bit different. Astrological midlife relates to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for everyone. Each of the main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual. Directly corresponds to the term midlife crisis, when people buy sports cars, that kind of thing. So I like to call it the midlife unraveling. And in a prior episode, I do outline how I did manage to get
1: a car That looks a little bit sporty. Today's guest is a professional
0: musician currently based in Auckland, New Zealand, who has opened shows for bands like Foreigner and Three Dog Night and has had a number one song on iTunes New Zealand. David Shannon performs live at various events, weddings and shows, sharing his passion for music and helping others through YouTube videos, one-on-one sessions, online workshops and really simply by sharing his authentic self through his music. I might add that one of his special qualities is how he interacts with the audience between his songs. As a special treat, David has generously provided a live version from his recent Taronga show of the song
1: Butterflies and that will play after our interview. David, welcome to Unraveling Midlife.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
0: What are you in for? (laughs) Oh,
2: I like, I mean, let's unravel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I find that seeing you on stage when you're playing one of your, like, obviously I haven't been to a wedding gig where you've played music, but when you've been playing your originals, you do kind of unravel the songs and that's what I really enjoy about your gigs is because there's the story behind them and it gets the audience really involved and relating to the story which is what I like to do too when I'm singing originals so you you do kind of unravel bits and pieces as you go about your own life maybe tell the listeners what's I mean they know you're a musician like what's your modus operandi and that kind of perspective of sharing your original music
2: yeah I it's something I really enjoy and it it literally if we go back when I first um started playing the guitar I was 14 and I saw a guy at my high school playing guitar and everyone kind of crowded around and there was this cool vibe and I think being a musician for me full time is like I'm like I want to create that for people, the something that happens playing music and having an audience and that connection. It, that's as much for me the music as the music is sometimes, um, is the fact that people come hang for an evening, and they actually often shift a lot of shit, <laughs> <laughs> like you know because it's it's you it's relatable right someone's sharing songs um about something they've experienced or a funny moment or something they've struggled with um or and the girl I, you I,
0: have a crush on and I, she's actually not interested yeah
2: <laughs> exactly but those are the things where people are like oh man that's happened to me you know what i mean and okay. um and i, I think it, it allows mean. it allows a lot of the walls to come down um but equally for me it's been a, an interesting journey of allowing my own walls to come down to be in that space to stand on stage sing about you know um vulnerable personal intimate experiences um and i i think i, I went from writing songs at home and literally when i'd hear my mum's car come up the drive putting everything away and watching tv because i was super uncomfortable with sharing myself so i guess now i feel in a really good space where i'm like you know what this is whatever i've done not done good or bad it's like it all happened um and and i think there's a really a nice thing that happens when you when you're open because people are, are like oh maybe i i could be like that too and not have to hold up we hold up a lot of walls in general, I think, just in the, the society we grew up in and all that sort of stuff. I feel like we're, we're going deep real quick.
0: <laughs> having seen your astrological natal chart, <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I looked at it and went, wow, this guy's deep. I mean, I kind of knew that from having seen you play, but I went, oh yeah, I'm not surprised you said I've got a podcast where I can, like, talk about these deep things. I'm like,
1: "Mm." (laughs) mmm. Yeah.
0: And so when did you start deciding to share your original music?
2: I honestly, I think more than anything was I'd been writing a bunch of stuff at home and I guess, you know, little bits came out, but I didn't perform my originals particularly. And I, I won... Um, recording time in a studio in Levin and so it was like I had this book of songs and I kind of went out and and just recorded them and so I I did an album there with them and then um, even doing the album launch for that still so uncomfortable being like like don't put it on now but thanks for buying the album (laughs) like I can't be in the room while you listen to this, but
1: yeah, you know
2: that was my level of comfort. Is I'd been okay in the studio with one or two people to just sing and record them, and then it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually public. This is released, and you you kind of just have to get over yourself. There's not a, I don't think there's necessarily an easy or good way to to do it. It's just um you have to take that risk of going like, here's my songs and whatever you think of them is going to (laughs) be what you what you think
1: when
0: did the album come out
2: oh this was 2011
0: ah i'm just looking at your
2: yeah
0: yeah date so it was kind of just before your saturn return which is the the point around the age of 29 where we all kind of have maturity comes in life experience in some way hmm yeah Yeah, that's yeah. I was about I was a similar age when I recorded for the first time. Yeah, I know what it means. It's like you know, I know what you mean when you say, "Oh, it's so hard to hear (laughs) and see that people are like, yeah, listening."
2: Yeah, Mm. there's a there's a um, I think I shared about it in the concert, but there's a song I wrote. uh, So interestingly, because we're talking about dates and things, um, around that time, also moved up to Auckland, got married got separated a year later, um, you know, so like a lot of just life changes. Um, and I, I remember writing a song called hurt people, hurt people, which is like looking back at that kind of time as well. And it just being so, and I really feel like the song was, well well written and expressed what i wanted to express and then also it's like i have not talked openly about getting married getting divorced any of that it's it's something that i'm like okay went through happened i'm i'm stoked for all of that journey in hindsight but also i was like i don't want to stand on stage and like obviously sing about that where it's like there's no there's no um no hiding out you know like were you married you're like oh maybe i was maybe it wasn't it's like nope. uh yeah that's, that's yeah, I've
0: met a few people who um have a similar story but aren't musicians and it sounds like a really tough time it is around that kind of stage in life where people have i don't know have a pregnancy, or or get married, or get divorced, or you know something, something mm. happens around that time. Of course, it's different for everyone. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's definitely quite vulnerable. I remember last year I wrote a very healing song about uh someone I dated, and it felt really good to sing it, but it wasn't the most complimentary, shall we say. And I've like spent mm. years going, oh, but I'm, I'm a really nice person. I want everyone to think I'm a really nice person. Mm. And uh, a couple of people said that you might have gone a bit too far with that one, so I had to rewrite it in the third person and bring in some other people's stories. I think it should really belong in a musical, but I've been very careful not to let it onto social media because, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm not sure I'll even perform it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so music can be really healing in a lot of ways, and it did give a lot of women my age... A real
1: giggle
2: (laughs) yeah i think there's a there's an interesting thing that happens when um you're allowed to say the thing that you're not allowed to say um and it's 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 not even to act on it or that you might that you want to stay in that state but being able to just say it and be like oh okay and it's like almost in the Uh, this is a weird one for me but almost in the moment of saying some of those things where you're like this is how i truly feel right in this moment you're like it's there for like five seconds and then you're like okay i'm good now actually i don't i don't feel that way that i did literally five seconds ago because i've let all of it out 100 percent. like it doesn't it doesn't shift if you're censored a little bit
0: Mm, but you know, it's interesting having people come up and go oh I'm so sorry to hear about your experience with blah 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 and you're like oh but I've I've processed it now <laughs> but you're only just hearing about it
2: <laughs> totally yeah
0: yeah yeah so your podcast is about being a musician in New Zealand mm. how, how do you find that because even before I looked at the podcast I kind of thought oh I want to ask you about being a full-time musician in New Zealand because sometimes people say to me oh must be do you do music i'm like how how can you survive being a musician in new zealand was my question um to myself Mm -hmm. so what took you on that path the vocation like how do you find it
2: (laughs) (laughs) so like where do we go where do we start um i i had you know when i said when i was 14 and heard this guy playing it's like there was just a, a seed planted or a picture of like I I want to be on stage performing. There's something there's something that contributes to people, but it also contributes to me. It's this weird thing where it's like people are grateful, like thanks for putting on the show. I'm like oh, I'm no, I'm grateful to you guys because I get to share more. Like it, it's a I don't know. It's reciprocal in a in a kind of interesting dynamic. But I think doing doing music full time. One of the biggest things I had to get over was the chat around it. I I grew up probably as you did with people saying, well, yeah, I mean, that's a nice pipe dream, but what are you going to, my dad sat me down when I was 18 on the front step at home and was like, when you're okay, you want to, this is, this is just me going to uni to do music. This is like not even <laughs> anything beyond that. I'm 18 is like how when you're 30 and have a wife and kids how are you going to support them um you know and it's like i will just work at this thing as opposed to working at a different thing you know and in my head i my first gig was at a starbucks in Palmerston north we played friday nights and i think we got 50 bucks each um
0: That's right actually
2: yeah um and I, in my head, I was like, well, they paid me, so, I mean, if I wanted more money, like, I could do a gig the next night, too, sort of thing, like, um, and I was busking um, back then, and I was like, well, every time I've gone busking, I've earned some money, so if I wanted more money, I could do more of it, or improve my craft, or any of those sorts of things. But I think there's a there's a culture and a conversation in New Zealand I still get it now people go one of their first questions often is like what do you do during the day and sometimes I'm just cheeky I'm I'm a shit, and I'm like oh you know I'm like I don't know what do you do when you're not at work I like to go surfing and might watch <laughs> Netflix or whatever because you know there's that side you relax too but the, the flip side is I'm like how do you think I learned or wrote these songs. Like,
0: be a professional music. There's a lot of (laughs) practice that goes into
2: it. I just think, yeah. And, but I I think the conversation gets into your head. And so, if the, if the majority of people around you are, uh, when you tell them, hey, I'm, I'm going to quit whatever else I'm doing and become a full-time musician next week, the conversation the responses you probably get are like oh that's that's risky oh that's wow bold like how are you going to do that and it's it's very fair like mm, you know like um watching <laughs> watching from the sidelines you know but if you talk to someone that does it full time they'll they'll give you a stack of things like you could do this you could do this i'd recommend this awesome good on you yeah.
0: Lots of people, uh, lots of full-time musos I know, they teach music as well. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you do that? No. No. Oh, just performing. Just performing. Cool.
2: So, I mean, I teach somewhat via some of the YouTube videos. I like to share things that I found useful and and that. So, but, um, but yeah, I've, I've just been performing apart from like occasional workshops or one-on-one sessions. Um, since the end of 2010. Wow! Yeah, that's
0: great. And have you? I mean, I know that you said uh, in in the concert that you do quite a few weddings, and you gave us a taster of some of that stuff. And I loved how you kind of melted a whole heap of pop songs in, in <laughs> and and together. And I think I was one of the few of the generation who went, "Oh my god, I know this song from when I was a teenager." <laughs> with with <Mbop. laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> um but like weaving in annie lennox and oh, like a, a whole heap into a different track um you've got the the kind of the wedding singer i've seen you at a festival uh mm. have you done a lot of festivals like what kind of genre would you even say you are
2: oh it's i i don't know the answer to that question <laughs>
0: <hey>? <laughs> me neither for myself <laughs>
2: yeah and i i really like um uh, I don't know if you know Rodrigo and Gabriela, um, two kind of gonna say flamenco guitarists. Um, very cool, um, but they she's she's very intense. I, I love I love her, and he's super chill and laid back. But there was an interview, and um, people are saying the same thing: like, what kind of music is it? Flamenco? Is it like? How do you define your style? And she's like, it's just fucking music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I like the kind of, like, un-folk world.
2: <laughs> yeah. It can be anything. I, I feel like at the moment, I I mean, I like a lot of different styles. And so those influences, whether subtly or strongly, show up in different tunes. And it's, it's just something that I couldn't care less. Like, and so when people ask, I don't really have an answer because it's just not. It, it holds zero weight or interest to me. So I mean, I I could say whatever. I, I feel like maybe even after this chat, I might be like, from now on, I'm just gonna make up my own um, <laughs> random thing. Because what happens is, you say something, you're like, oh, I'd say kind of folksy pop, and someone will say to you after the show, be like, I think you're more country, and you're like. Why did you ask me? Oh
1: <laughs> like... uh,
0: yeah, I guess there's a bit of a country lilt if you Yeah. But I tend to put country in like people with voices that are like hardcore. The voice is hardcore country. Hmm. But that's just me. But yeah.
2: But I, I think that's the the nature of all this is at the end of the day, everyone will go, Oh, I actually feel like it's more this. we've all got our own opinions. And I, I think there's some value to um, some overall flavor. Like, if anything, I'd I, I'd kind of go with an ac- acoustic as a general. Yeah. Thing that that forms the basis of my songwriting, even if. Yeah. They get um produced. Mm. as more of a band thing or whatever, but.
0: Yeah, I th- I thought I wasn't convinced that genre was important until I put out an album and put it on Spotify and. I'm not sure if it was via Spotify or what, but um, when I googled it, and I found a screenshot on my computer the other day, it, um, it said that my album was Christian gospel, which it really, really isn't. So it's never going it really it. go anywhere. And I started trying to email Google Music and go, "Guys, you've got it wrong," <laughs> and I have no idea where where it, um, where it got that. But oh well, <laughs> I was thinking, thinking maybe one day I might get around to re-releasing it. <laughs> Yep. you put it under the right genre but I mean you're probably you're on streaming services right like what yeah. do you what do you use for your genre there
2: I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think I th- some stuff has definitely shown up as country um where I was like okay that's stretching it because it to me I'd say it's much more pop um kind of but I think there's like a fit in the kind of folk pop oh, i was so happy.
1: I was going
0: to see you kind at of. the like the Auckland Folk Festival or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: maybe one day. So, tell yeah. me about your thoughts on streaming services as a musician.
2: <laughs> so, I've I've just done a podcast actually talking about Spotify, um, and uh, yeah, I think very different opinion. I see a lot of posts where people were complaining about the like how much artists get paid and all that sort of stuff, and. I guess my, I I tried to give some perspective to put a song on Spotify. Um, Today there's a, I don't know the price of it, but DistroKid charge a yearly fee. Let's say it's 30 bucks or 50 bucks, I don't know, maybe somewhere around there. You can upload as many songs as you want to Spotify for that fee. So there's really no restriction on people uploading music now there's not a huge outlay or cost to do it um your song could be good it could be awful the quality could be good it could be awful there's really not a restriction like there was 30 or 40 years ago to getting in a studio to having access to equipment to um recording a song and i just don't think I don't think there is in the, in the age of technology and and that that we live in, I don't think there's a huge value, um, or, or price that should be placed on being able to stream a song. Um, I can put my music on YouTube at zero cost and people can stream it and I can choose to have ads or not next to that. Um, but if I choose not to have ads, for zero cost, I've I've got a platform that I can get my music out to the globe. So, I, I see the whole industry. I don't see it as a a revenue thing. I think it's cool that there's some revenue attached, but more than that, I'm grateful that there's a platform I can upload that people can listen across the globe. Like, if <laughs> if we were having this chat 40 years ago, and being like. The little mixing desk and the mic that's on my desk right now for chatting to you on this podcast is of a higher quality than some of the studios 40 years ago. Um, in terms of the, this room, is <laughs> audio-wise, is not. But it would be wild to say that like I could put out a song uh, this evening on on streaming platforms. It would it would be up. Within a week or so, and could reach the entire world.
0: So you look at streaming services as a way to reach people and don't have any expectation of making money from it, whereas a lot of others may have a slight expectation of making money money from it until you put out an album and realize that you might have made two dollars at best that year for like little players that aren't full-time musicians.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the, for me, the difference is people compare streaming and Spotify a lot to um, CDs, right? Like, if you buy one CD, oh my gosh, I'll make more than I've ever made from all streaming kind of thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, probably accurate, but CDs are fading.
1: I just and, bought two,
0: one of them was
2: but but in, in general, as a medium, like, cars don't I have like, a CD player, like, computers, all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh, you have to think about how to access
1: mm. um,
2: that. It's a very cool thing to buy from a gig, and especially if you do have a stereo player as a memory. Like, I, I buy CDs, um, T-shirts, different things from a show, because I'm like, I really enjoyed that. I want to support the artist or... You know, or you've got cool merch, or whatever it happens to be, but um, but the cost of producing a CD, the the reason the price how they are, I don't think it's changed pretty much. It might be twenty, thirty bucks, or whatever. Um, was there was a huge cost to recording, to producing, to getting that happening, um, and so there's this nice space we're in now where it's like yeah if you get cds pressed and you sell them you haven't had that giant cost and you can still sell the cd at essentially a premium because that's the the market sees that as the previous value hasn't changed Hmm. when it used to cost a, a crazy amount to sell it so i i just think the whole industry has shifted and people haven't caught up with the fact that we have the internet basically <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like
0: <laughs> and if you want to make a living you need to do live gigs and have good merch and tour a bit and all that kind of thing right
2: yeah so i will
0: be a youtuber and have a lot of people that start to follow you
2: yeah i, I basically put i think in the in the notes on the podcast around spotify i was like if you haven't spent 10 to 20 hours a week for the last six months with like a release of some sort like and and you're complaining about spotify profits you're not even in the game you're not even doing the basic work required to succeed in that industry and i i, I think a lot of people get caught up I see, you know musicians and stuff now where they're like oh my gosh i've posted every week to um instagram and i'm working so hard and i released one song eight years ago and i'm and now i'm angry that spotify isn't paying me 20 dollars per stream you know and (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure some people will find this harsh but i i just i think we need to have a good self-reflection on like am i am i genuinely the work that i'm putting in is it going in a place that's um useful or or not um
0: i'm not not complaining about how much i'm not making on spotify because i'm not really putting in much work (laughs) except a podcast once a month where i sneak in a recording which i'm don't have any left i'm gonna actually have to force myself to record to share anymore
2: (laughs) amazing but i think that's I think that's so good and i i enjoy these chats because um it's just a self-reflection and i reflect from as much as i say these things and this is just purely my opinion on what i see in chats but it makes me reflect and be like man i haven't put anything out on spotify i haven't been recording my tunes um the only place you can hear some of the stuff that i've even toured multiple times uh youtube recordings um you know it's it's something that's on my radar for next year to go back into recording but i you know when someone comes to me and says how do you get gigs um and then i ask like how many places have you talked to well you know and they're like zero i'm like we can't be surprised about it yeah so i I think I think there's a level of um honesty that i I feel like all of us want to avoid. um like it'd be nicer to just avoid having to be really brutally honest, like you know what? I just I binge watched Netflix when I could have been recording another tune. Or filming a s- filming some marketing for my tunes, or planning a show, um, you know, like actual, act- If if you diary and write out like
1: mm.
2: actual actual hours spent genuinely marketing mm. yourself as a musician, it's like <laughs> it's it's so small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I'm like, I have a, I have a lot of, I have a lot of passion around this because for the people that listen and are like, oh my gosh, shit, I have, I haven't actually been doing the work. It it can totally change, crazily change the world. We're yeah. just like, um, oh my gosh, maybe I could do music full time, and actually just take that first step of being like, I'm gonna get of a good video and audio done of what I sound like, and I'm going to reach out to a bunch of venues, whether that's doing your own shows, um, or whether that's for doing covers, gigs and different things like that. It's like, if you would do that and message 10 people a day for the next two weeks.
0: Well, it's like any kind of entrepreneurship, right? You actually need to put the effort in. Yeah. Hey- Yeah, a few years ago, I went to a gig of um, a lady that became a singer-songwriter after I'd first met her. I think she was just starting to write music. And I went to her gig and she uh, was saying that she and the guy that opened for her were both doing some course. So I guess people make money out of teaching people how to become successful musicians as well. And so they were aiming well it might not be the formula now but when it was i don't know maybe four years ago they were putting out a single every six weeks and that was kind of how to Mm -hmm. keep current on spotify i mean there are other streaming services but that's pretty much the only one most of the people in my network really discuss apart from the occasional band camp which is Mm -hmm. gives gives more money to musicians Mm -hmm. yeah i guess it's really about working at it isn't it
2: yeah and like I've got friends that release stuff on Pancamp and they've built a really cool bunch of followers that really support them and they're paid well for their releases oh. and their stuff is on Spotify. Mm. So I think that's, that's where like going back to your original question of like, what do you think about streaming services and all that sort of stuff is like, I'm like, just, you know, use, use them if you want to use them. Going in, you know what the setup is. That's 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 the part I don't understand. It's like, don't if you're not happy with that arrangement, don't use it. Mm. You don't have to. There's plenty of other ways to make your music accessible, and it's going to be up to you to market it and get it in front of people. Mm. Like, there's not the Spotify is not saying you must go with us, and you are not allowed to use Bandcamp. They're saying no, do both. We're happy to host you and we will pay you some remuneration for that. And the same people that are streaming on our service that we're going to pay you something for may also buy and download your album on Bandcamp as well. Um, But you will need to let them know it's there. (laughs) You know, like, so.
0: Yeah, I have seen some websites done really well working in with Bandcamp to kind of Mm. let people channel them in that direction which seems really cool it's been on my list of things to do for at least five years
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is good i feel like we need a follow-up to this podcast of like sarah releases Bandcamp, um you know website update
0: (laughs) well i did have oh now if i say it out loud it might have to happen when i first started this podcast i was like oh cool i could release an album from what i'm going to write for the podcast and i I think maybe mm. I've written about five songs <laughs> in nearly three years <laughs> that have yep. made it to the podcast anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yep, i uh, put that on my list of things to
3: do.
2: <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, like, I love this stuff because then it's like there is now a chat. Your listeners are like, hey, Sarah, how's the album going? You know, like, yeah. how's Can the writing going? Can you
0: me up on that, listeners, please? I do sometimes <laughs> need a bit of a hey. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I think there's being being a little bit awkward with it is good you know like just being like actually this is what I want to do and I keep putting it off
0: yeah actually I was I was supposed to give a speech last night at a speak up with confidence course that i did it was the final night and i was unwell and i didn't go so i will have to give the speech about what i want to achieve in the next 12 months so let me write this down
1: 12 month speech recording oh the pressure the pressure
0: <laughs> what what's up for you in the next year or so you got any new year's resolutions yeah got another tour coming up in the summer what What are you up to
2: there will be um some stuff um i've i've set a goal that i won't share publicly for myself great um but yeah
0: we'll, it, it, we'll watch this space <laughs> watch
2: this space <laughs> yeah um the basically it's it's diving into and, and shifting into recording like doing this last tour for me I realized that that's that's where I feel I can contribute the most is on a stage at a ticketed show where it's like yeah I get to have I get to share a few stories and a few things behind some of the songs we get to play music and and have a cool night and um it's it's just my my comfort zone I guess has been turning up um playing weddings playing bar gigs that sort of thing where i'm like i'm gonna receive x amount of money for doing this that and the other and i'm good at it i've got a great bunch of songs i enjoy those things and and maybe this is i I don't know i need to look through the um the details of our our timings of being being 40 now wild um
0: (laughs) yep happy solid return was recently
2: (laughs) yeah um
0: you remember how old you are for the next year I tell you
2: classic yeah <laughs> um but I, you know it's like I I've sort of realized it's like it's always uncomfortable to step out of whatever space you're in basically like when I quit um working any other job to do music it was like yeah I freaked out and um I think it's, it's leaning into that a little bit more for me this year of just going, okay, uh, the focus is switching to original music. And I'm already frustrated that I've booked in certain things, you know, like um, that, are, that are more along covers gigs, which I'll enjoy them. But because my focus has shifted, it's like all of a sudden I'm like working on my own stuff and you have to kind of pause and um redirect your energy. They're they're two very different spaces for me. So um so yeah the basically recording, um I'm hoping uh, I have a mentorship session next week um with a guy songwriting. I'm hoping to actually tee that up for an ongoing thing where we'll I work with him, but I haven't pitched that yet and so we'll see what happens. Um but essentially, it's it's actually releasing and sharing music, and and yeah, in a funny way, I'm like, if I die next week, um, that video of the <laughs> Taio concert will be the only you know recording of some of the uh, the songs shared. So some of those things, I'm just like, I just want to create and actually release it and have it be beyond me, where you know. If if people dig it and get something, if, if people dig it and get something out of it, awesome. And I find this on with YouTube videos or, or different comments. Sometimes people are like, oh, "I really didn't enjoy that at all." I'm like, "Stop stop watching." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, like when you
0: online. when <laughs> you
2: share your art and your music, it's like I'm not looking for everyone to follow me. Or to agree with me that uh, you know I'm sure there's people already on these chats that are like I disagree with this that and the other I'm like that's cool. Um, I want to share my thoughts and my opinions and what I feel like I have to give, and then it's like if you don't dig it, just find <laughs> listen to someone else. Yeah. Jump to the next episode of Sarah's Podcast. You know, like. <laughs>
0: Well, I have uh, looked at the stats, and, and and it's pretty random. Like you know, people listen for a specific interview right. usually. Um, though some others have kind of listened to things and gone, "Oh wow, I really enjoyed that." And I get surprised that they listened to something just because it was next up on. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Right. You never know who is going to listen to these things or when.
2: For sure, I, I mean, I I love it because I think it's the same thing you there's a vulnerability and a willingness to go, I feel like I've got something to share and I'm gonna put it out there. And the commitment to do it and have it be released, I think is awesome. Because yeah. whatever, whatever people get out of this chat, like if it changes your life, if you laugh, if you cry, it's like, if, or if it's a non-event, it's still there available as an offering.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And we, we're going to put one of the tracks that you recorded, that you played, and that was video recorded during the, your recent tour when you came through the Bay of Plenty uh, at my request. <laughs> so yeah, that, cool. That's pretty exciting. Um, how, how do people find you? Like,
2: um, My website is davidshannon.com. Um, yeah, I'll
0: put that in the notes.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs>
0: Shannon's not the easiest to spell.
2: I feel like it's a it's a blessing because I'm like, well, if you spell it correctly, it's just me that shows up. True. Um, so that's a bonus. But it's yeah, Shannon is S H A N H U N.
0: Where does that come from?
2: It's actually two Chinese words put together, um, which my. Great, great, great grandfather. I think that's right. Married a Chinese woman, which back in the day very risky. Uh huh. Was a dangerous man. No, I don't know. Um, but um, Shinhan was his uh, first two names, and they changed it essentially to Shanhan to look more European. Um, otherwise my last name would be Chong. Ah. Oh. So there you go. Ah,
0: oh, that's that's century stone. I love hearing <laughs> about, like, especially where na- names come from. So, thanks for sharing that. Cool. So, davidshannon.com yeah. and good solid YouTube presence, which is linked to your, from your website, I note. Yeah.
2: I mean, I feel like if you, the good thing, if you search my name on whatever platform, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Google, I will show up, which is fortunate of having an interesting spelling.
0: Yeah, because your podcast is something around musicians, isn't it? Musician
2: Life. Musician Life Real Talk, which is basically, if you've enjoyed this chat and various tangents and rants, you'll probably enjoy uh, the podcast. But it's basically the same thing I try to do with songwriting is be a little bit vulnerable and be like, hey, this is the behind the scenes of maybe the work involved. Um, I talked about touring and and some of my thoughts on that and things that people have shared with me that have really helped and been useful um and and yeah just it's been quite cool because different comments have come in of people asking to like hey can you talk about this can you talk about that um so yeah i'm I'm digging having an avenue to just share and with the the goal that it contributes to musicians and And others alike, I guess.
0: Yeah, I find that really inspiring. I'm looking forward to listening to that tour one. and Maybe I'll (laughs) get to that other thing on the list. Or one day I'll do a tour. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's not just the same set of festivals that I usually go to, like I did last summer. Um, I also, just even from our discussion today, you're talking about a music mentor. When I was working part-time last year instead of full-time, I did some music mentorship. And it was so good for my music. And that's probably why I had a good run of um, festival gigs that I had put so much effort into. And it was just, it was really nice to be be mm. putting that that effort into it. But yeah, music mentoring is fabulous. It's just, you have to have the time to do the stuff you commit to as well. That's, that's what I noticed.
2: I um, think part of, that's part of it for me as well. Like as, Having a mentor or someone in that space, it is, you know if you've ever had a weekly music lesson and your your week's gone busy and you're like, oh my gosh, it's this afternoon I've got my lesson and you hurriedly like get out your an instrument and like I better practice. It's like I I think that that's great because if you didn't have that lesson, who knows how long it would be before you got your instrument out and went through it. So. Even though it looks like this kind of like, I'm not doing great, I should have been practicing every day. It's like, actually, because you had that structure in place, you are going to do more.
0: Maybe I should book one before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, funny. Great. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about midlife, about music?
2: I just... Honestly, for myself, I I feel really excited in this space. Like, um, it's weird to think I'm like, I'm I'm forty. I feel like I'm just getting started, like, which is crazy because, uh, I, I reckon even a couple of years ago, I like forty's so old, <laughs> and um, you know, genuinely, that was that was my thoughts. And then you're like, oh shit, I actually that's legit my age um i
0: turned 40 before covid it seems like so long ago (laughs) yeah
2: but like you know all the experiences and everything i i feel like i i've i've learned a lot from that and and just whatever the roller coaster up and down will will continue in its in its different forms but I, I genuinely just really excited to actually um, spend more time being a creator than a, a consumer. I think at this point of sharing my thoughts, my views, in in whatever way that can either gift something to other people through like the aha moments of being recognition, like oh, I've I've experienced that that's happened or through through kind of sharing maybe with the podcast like this of um just things that might help perspectives thoughts um that yeah might gift something to other people thinking about like honestly in in this chat i'm like it's wild that people don't think you can do music full-time it's just a conversation
0: it's limiting belief structures that can take some work to remove, because I mean, my dad sat me down and had a, a, a similar chat when I thought about going back and doing a second degree after my science degree and doing voice, you know, mm. like, and I was mm. like, oh, yeah, but I don't actually, I want to go traveling and don't, go back to university for three years. And what will I do? Teach music? Like, you know, like is that what I really mm. want to do? No. Okay. So I made my decision but yeah yeah, it's I feel like it's so important to have the creatives in our society and so like hats off to you for doing that because so often people have to settle for whatever reason like and kind of crush their creativity or not have enough space to nurture it because of life's challenges and I find in New Zealand that kind of creativity and being a full-time musician isn't honored as much as it is in places overseas where I've lived you Mm. know places with bigger populations yes but also places like Canada still bigger populations but also really supported a lot more by government grants and things even even more than creative New Zealand and in New Zealand on air and and things like that so you
2: Mm.
0: know go you
2: (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I I just I was having done it, it's so possible and yep, there'll be a period of awkwardness, but you you totally can make whatever you want actually work. It's just it's just not um, outlook know, the
1: outlook last half
0: bolt too, isn't it. it?
2: Yeah, I think you just you just have to genuinely start. Be like, this is because there's an unwillingness. I see it myself too a lot of times. But there's an unwillingness to say, this is actually what I want. This is actually what I want to do, and I have no clue how to get there. Because, you know, maybe you're um maybe you're in a job where you're like I'm working forty hours and I'm exhausted at the moment with family or other commitments or whatever you've got going on. And what I really like to do is be an artist or a musician or paint or write novels and it's like but if you at least get even though i have no clue this is what i'd ideally like it's like you can you can at least start to just explore it
0: at least start doing a podcast once a month yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) exactly it'll be the back catalog for whatever i'm doing next was my with my theory i don't know what's next yet but i feel like it's coming <laughs> yeah
2: i love it yeah
0: well cool thanks heaps david great having a chat and uh we'll play your track butterfly coming up
2: awesome i've I loved it thanks for having me on mm-hmm.
3: i
0: Travelling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmalowspence.com. Theme music is by Sarah Malo Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis, and art by Samantha Hepburn.